This is The Space Shot, episode 65 for July 18th, 2017. Jiminy 10. Hey everyone, welcome to The Space Shot, your daily space history, pop culture, and news fix. I'm John Mulnix. On July 18th, 1966, astronauts John Young and Michael Collins launched on Jiminy 10, a mission with a lot of firsts. Jiminy 10 was the first mission to rendezvous with two target vehicles, meeting the Agena booster that was launched for this mission, hours before Jiminy 10 lifted off, as well as the Agena booster that was used in the near-disastrous Jiminy 8 mission with astronauts Neil Armstrong and David Scott. Jiminy 10 was the eighth time that a crew had been on board the Jiminy capsule. The plan called for a three-day mission that had astronauts performing rendezvous and dockings with the Agena boosters, as well as EVAs and science experiments that examined everything from weather photography to ultraviolet rays and micrometeorite and meteoroid erosion studies. One of the things I've really enjoyed researching for the podcast are the mission reports that NASA puts out for their crewed missions. Pages of technical documentation can offer insights into parts of the mission that I've never thought about before. While doing some preliminary research for this episode, I found out that the initial orbit wasn't ideal for Jiminy 10, but as I read the documentation that was part of this mission report, I found pages of documentation that went over the maneuvers that were required to bring the capsule into the proper orbit. The orbit that the capsule was in meant that the rendezvous and docking maneuvers used, quote, approximately 400 pounds of propellant, which is more than three times the average amount used during this phase of the rendezvous on previous missions. The amount of fuel and supplies that could be crammed into a Jiminy spacecraft was impressive. Some of the longer Jiminy missions saw astronauts in the cramped confines of these capsules for up to two weeks. Jiminy 10 was only in space for just under three days, so things weren't as cramped, but engineers still found ways to store supplies just about everywhere in the capsule. While I was reading through the Jiminy 10 mission report, I found the stowage lists to be quite amusing. Here's a list of what was stored in the spacecraft, specifically in the left sidewall containers. Personal hygiene towel, 2. Roll-on cuff receiver assembly for urine system, 1. Lightweight headset, 1. EVA remote control cable for 16mm camera, 1. Pen light, 1. Voice tape cartridges, 8. Velcro pile, 2x6 inches, 1. Velcro hook, 2x6 inches, 1. Velcro back-to-back tape, 1x8 inches, 8 pieces. Pilot's preference kit, 1. Circuit breaker, 16mm camera, 1. And finally, urine hose and filter, 1. Such is the practicality of the spacecraft storage designs for Jiminy. You've got to keep your pen lights with hygiene towels and the roll-on cuff receiver assemblies and urine hoses. Every cubic inch of this spacecraft was filled with supplies, fuels, and everything that the astronauts might need for their time in space. There was no way to bring up extra supplies during these missions, so everything that was needed had to be sent up at launch. I want to end by covering one more part of the Jiminy 10 mission, the Agena target vehicle was used to boost the orbit of the capsule and for attitude control after the Jiminy capsule had expended so much fuel during the initial rendezvous. The Agena target vehicle was the primary choice for rendezvous and docking attempts during the Jiminy program. Back in episode 21, I talked about the augmented target docking adapter, 
which was the backup that could be used if the Agena vehicle failed. During Gemini 10, the Agena vehicle worked extremely well. It boosted Young and Collins to the highest orbit ever achieved by a NASA mission until Gemini 11. After completing their EVAs and maneuvers with the Agenas, Gemini 10 re-entered Earth's atmosphere and splashed down just east of the Bahamas. The crew and capsule were recovered by helicopters from the USS Guadalcanal. In tomorrow's episode, I'm going to cover some X-15 flights as well as a few other miscellaneous pieces of history before the big event on July 20th, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you all for listening to the show. Producing a daily podcast takes a lot of time, and I would love if you could take just a minute to leave a review or rating in Apple Podcasts and let me know what you think. If you're so inclined, you can ask me questions and chat on Instagram and Twitter. Find me at John Molnix pretty much everywhere. Subscribe to the podcast and share it with anyone you know that loves history, space, or pop culture. I'm John Molnix, and I'll catch you on the flip side.